What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for June 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. As you can see, I am not at home. I am coming to you live from the Cape May studios. Uh, I'm actually in a basement, so you can probably hear the washer and dryer. However, I think of all my on-the-road sound checks, this hands down, and I'm saying this now, and who knows what it sounds like, but knock on wood, I think this is my best one yet. Uh, so I kind of have the set out. I'll be actually on the road again next weekend. Uh, I'm coming at you Saturday morning from uh, the hotel from a wedding, but I think I, I have it figured out. So as long as I remember the chords, we'll be good. <clears throat> uh, quick housekeeping note before we get into today's episode. Be sure to check out the latest Back to the Future. Uh, I laid out sort of the rules and the rationale behind the Phillies' most lovable loser tournament. That gets started July 1st. Lots of audience participation, so you're going to definitely need your help with that. But go check out Back to the Future with a PH wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends. The more people to join in, the more fun it's going to be. Uh, so be sure to check that out, like, subscribe, and while you're at it, like and subscribe this if you haven't done so already. All of those little things help the algorithm out. All right, sad news. I was on the beach yesterday reading the newspaper, the actual physical newspaper. It was the first time in years that I've actually, one, been able to read the newspaper, but two, was able to sit on the beach and actually read and do something without having to chase after kids and do this. Like they're at that perfect age now, so it was nice. But it was reading, and someone we talked about back in February for Black History Month, Charles Bloxon, passed away, um, I guess, earlier this month. And you might remember he was the guy who went to Norristown, was a star athlete. Uh, but in fourth grade, his teacher told him, uh, we don't talk about black history because black people didn't do contribute to history or something. I'm paraphrasing, but something along those lines. So he made it his life's mission to go and seek out and and celebrate and collect and make sure people knew that not only did black people contribute to history, they've done a ton to do it. He has the African-American collection at Temple University. I was privileged enough to, to look at when I was in school there. Uh, but the sports connection is he went to Penn State and turned down a professional football career with the New York Giants in order to pursue this and make sure that people from generations to come know that, again, not only did black people contribute to history, they've contributed greatly to history. So sad to see that. I believe he was like 89, 90 years old. But uh, rest in peace to Charles Bloxon, uh, sending condolences to his family. He was just a, a, a great man, not necessarily so much in the sports world, even though he was one hell of an athlete, but contributed so much to society, not just in the Philadelphia area, but nationally as well. Uh, the other news is 95 opened, and the first people to go across it were the mascots on the back of a fire truck, which I thought was, was really cool. Um, but just a quick little the closest thing you'll see me get to political on here um it's just amazing what we were able to do in such a short amount of time and it just goes to show when you get past all the bullshit red tape with government and dragging your feet and the the party lines and infighting and all that if we really put our minds to things we can still accomplish great things in this country so i i think that it's it's a little microcosm of things but I just I wanted to put that out there that like if we put together or 
push aside all the petty bullshit, we can still accomplish great things. The fact that they were able to do this in less time than what uh, Governor Shapiro and the fact that, and again, not to go down party lines or anything like that, but the job he did on this was absolutely phenomenal. So, like I said, the sports aspect of that is the mascots were the ones that went across, but I did want to get that out there because I think it's important to know that because so we're so divided with things, but when we do come together, we're we're capable of doing great things. And yes, it's not Tuesday, it's not Motivational Tuesday, but I think it's a good message anyway. All right, big win for the Phils, five to one. Uh, Tawan Walker looked good again. That's like five, I think, starts in a row that he's looked pretty good. Brandon Marsh was hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, yes, the Mets made some errors, but the Phillies were able to take advantage of them. And usually they're not. They don't take advantage of them and their leave runners in scoring position. So the fact that they were able to take advantage of those errors by the Mets and between Tawan Walker and the bullpen, they just shut down the Mets, which is, one, that's huge for the Phils, but it, and it's always good to see uh, the Mets struggle like that. So 5-1, to one, good win. They're back at it this afternoon down at Citizens Bank Park pending the weather. Um, they are also, the, they announced yesterday they are going to play uh, next June in London, the Phillies and the Mets, um, and things like that. I always think it's cool. Um, I, I like when other teams do it, but I, I don't know if I, I want to see it done regularly, especially if I was a season ticket holder. But it's really cool to see, see your team play in a game like that. Um, so that was announced, and of course it's the Mets, which makes it even better. All right, so we're going to go back today to 1963. And on June 24th, 1963, Philadelphia boxer Joey Giardello, uh, he was 33 years old. He was from South Philly. Uh, he was a boxing legend in South Philly. Stop me if you've heard this before. But he upset Sugar Ray Robinson in a 10-round uh, unanimous decision. That win catapulted him up to be the number one contender for the middleweight title. A year later, he beat Dick Tiger, yes, that was his name, um, in Atlantic City for the title. Um, so on this day is when he beat Sugar Ray Robinson, the upset for that in the 10-round uh, unanimous decision. But a year later, he beat Dick Tiger. I just wanted to say his name again. Uh, but his first title defense, he fought Reuben Hurricane Carter. You might remember him from the movie and the Bob Dylan song. Uh, in the movie... This they make it seem like uh, Hurricane Carter dominated uh, Giardello in this fight, and like the refs handed him a, uh, a very shady decision. Uh, but in reality, it wasn't. It was Giardello did beat him, and to the point that Giardello actually sued the movie company won in court and now in all of the dvd which I, I would assume now streaming it would be the same as well but in and any of the subsequent copies of this movie then they actually showed the real fight footage instead of the hollywood footage with uh denzel and whoever played giardello's uh, character uh so i thought that was interesting and they in the movie they portrayed it and of course he um giardello even said he was like that's hollywood for you um but uh, just wanted to, to throw that in there. He would lose his rematch then with Dick Tiger. And again, just wanted to say his name. You can insert your own jokes there. 
Uh, however, he did. He lost it, and then he only fought a couple times after that because he won the title uh, relatively late in his career. And I, as I was researching this, everybody knows that Chuck Wepner is who Sylvester Stallone says he wrote the movie Rocky um, about. But there were a lot of similarities between Giardello and Rocky's character as far as being an older fighter and getting a shot late in his career and taking advantage of it. Um, so everything I said that it was it was unofficially um, one of the, the basis for the, the character of Rocky. But on this day, back in 1963, Giardello beat Sugar Ray Robinson in a huge upset and sort of catapulted him to, to a I guess it would have been a decent payday back then for the last two, three fights of his career. It was mentioned in the movie The Hurricane um, about Reuben Carter. Uh, and was he was he not part of the, the inspiration for Rocky? I'm not sure. Speaking of Rocky, though, phillygoat.com does have a ton of Rocky-themed uh, T-shirts and apparel. Be sure to go check them out. Um, just looking at them, I, I, I love a lot I love like the, the whoever designs their shirts is awesome, but they do have some of those Rocky themed uh, T-shirts. So go check them out, phillygoat.com. Use the promo code for Jim Montgomery for ten percent off your order. You guys have been doing a phenomenal job with that, so let's just keep it going. Maybe they'll extend the partnership with us. Um, but thank you for all your support with that. But go to phillygoat.com, promo code Jim Montgomery to see for ten percent off of your order and check out the Rocky themed apparel. All right, Rivalry Month rolls on. We're, we're nearing the end here. And today's rival is the Bucks. And I'm going to say this right now. The Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks is a very, very underrated, underappreciated rivalry. Um, in the regular season, the Bucks hold the edge 118-105. to 105. In the playoffs, the Sixers hold the edge 29-20. They've met so many times in the playoffs, and we've talked a lot about uh, the Bucks being that, that third team in the Eastern Conference during the 80s. Uh, the Bucks struck first in the 1970 division semis, but then in 81, 82, and 85, the Sixers won in the conference semifinals, and then the 83 conference finals. Uh, the Bucks got their revenge in 86 and 87, finally getting over the hump and beat the aging Sixers. That's when Doc was near the end. Um, that was after the, or when Moses was hurt. Um, and then the Sixers won in 1991 in the first round. However, I think the best playoff series between these two teams was that epic 2001 seven-game Eastern Conference Final with AI versus Glenn Robinson. Um, Ray Allen was on that team. They were just a, a stacked team, um, and that was one hell of a, a series. And they, they kind of glossed over that somewhat in the – uh, everything but the chip documentary because they focus a lot on that Toronto series, but that Buck series was very, very, just amazing and good. Um, today, even still with Giannis and Embiid, there's the, still somewhat of a rivalry there. The Bucks and the Sixers and Celtics are the top three teams in the in the Eastern Conference right now. So, something that I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same, as they say. But if I have to, to score this one, I'm going to rank it a four out of five, uh, and it, and just say that it's very very underrated. If you go back and look at some of those Bucks teams that lost to the Sixers in the playoffs back then, they they weren't they weren't no slouches, and they basically got caught up in the fact that damn, we're like the third best team in uh, uh, the most ridiculous con like ridiculous conference. Um, 
So, but the Milwaukee Bucks is today's rival. Give it a four out of five and just say that it's underrated. On this day back in 1963, Joey Giardello beat Sugar Ray Robinson in 10 rounds and by a unanimous decision to become the number one contender for the middleweight title, which, one more time, he beat Dick Tiger for it um, a year later back in 1964. Phil's looking to make it two in a row against the Mets. Be sure to go check out phillygoat.com. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off. Condolences and send in positive thoughts and vibes to the boxing family. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Philly, but it's going to be hit or miss down here in Cape May. So hopefully it's sunny where you are or at least not raining. But go have yourselves a Saturday. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.